This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we are going to be picking up where we left off last time and talking about systems. These systems would be things like habits, daily practices, and routines, all with the mindset or with the um, the influence of helping us achieve our daily tasks, our projects, our SMART goals, and then into the end goals. Now, you may have, and I'm sure everybody does, have some sort of idea of what a habit is. And just so you can understand kind of our, or at least my mindset for what a habit is, a habit, sometimes people say is something you do automatically without thinking about. And okay, you probably have those, for example, you know, showering every day, hopefully you do that every day without thinking about it. Brushing your teeth, hopefully you do that every day without thinking about it. But there's other habits that you do, perhaps like going to the gym, that is perhaps a habit or a daily practice or a weekly practice, however you want to think about it. But it is a intentional thing. It's not, it doesn't happen automatically. You don't just, you know, find yourself at the gym at 5 a.m. because that's what you did yesterday. You think about this. And, and, and moreover than that, you think about it in such a way that you dedicate time for it. And then you go out of your way to try to figure out what you're going to do when you get there. Or you have some sort of personal trainer or, or system that you follow when you're at the gym to help you reach whatever goals that you have. So sometimes, again, habits habits are kind of a weird term, at least for me. Uh, I don't necessarily think of all habits as happening without without thinking about them. Certainly some of them do happen like that, but I mean, I'm sure we've all been sick before and, you know, you stayed in bed and you missed out on that automatic quote unquote habit of getting up and showering and brushing your teeth because you were sick. You just stayed in bed all day. So I don't, again, habits, some habits are like that, but I would say that some habits are also thought out, dedicated and, 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 you know, a, a practice that you do. And so sometimes from, in fact, most of the time, I like to think of my habits as daily practices as opposed to habits, because that kind of shifts my mindset and and puts me into the mindset of this is a practice. I'm practicing this with the hope of benefiting, you know, of whatever the, the, the outcome is at a later date. Yeah. And adding to that too, I agree with what you said, but also I think a lot of time habits too are also responding to a feeling or a desire. So, you know, you go to the gym because you sit down, you're feeling like you want to be active. Okay. You go to the gym and you go do that thing or, uh, you know, you, um, go to the cabinet and pick out this snack that you eat every single day because on some level, I feel like you want whatever that snack is or that same breakfast or that same drink, or, you know, you bite your nail because you feel the desire or the urge to bite your nail. You know, I don't, like you said, Mr. Bean, I don't know if there's anything that you do without thinking necessarily. I mean, sometimes there's reactions which are done without thinking, but I think sometimes these habits are not unconscious. You're you're thinking about, hey, I want this right now. Let me go do this. Or I feel this way. And when I feel this way, this is the thing that I want to do. So, you know, I think that habits most often are responses to feelings or desires or cravings even that we just allow or we do expecting a certain result from that thing, which 
creates the habit because we know when I feel this way and I do this thing, then this happens or X, Y, or Z, uh, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of people that study habits and how our bodies and minds and, and brains interact with habits. But I just, on a, a personal level, I feel, I feel like that's a kind of a, uh, categorization of a habit is feeling a desire or a craving or a need for something and then doing whatever it is that I know will fulfill that desire or craving or that need in the moment. And we'll give you that reward or that dopamine rush for doing whatever it is. And that, again, that's why it's the habit because I know if I do this, I'll feel this way. And it's so, a cycle. Right. Yeah, exactly. I feel the desire. I do the action. I receive the reward. And then eventually the desire comes back again and I do the, the action, the, you know, the reward, blah, blah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, perhaps maybe we start about instead of creating new habits or routines or practices, maybe with some ideas about breaking perhaps bad or, or, or unwanted habits, especially, you know, if they are completely automatic and, and you don't have the, you have the craving, I'm hungry. So you go to the, I go to the cabinet and there's chips in there. So I eat an entire bag of chips and and that was my reward despite, you know, perhaps at the end of that feeling, wow, I just ate an entire bag of chips. I should not have just done that. Sure. But also I think I've also, I've heard it that, uh, you know, you can't break a habit. Habits are once they're formed, they're there forever, but you can reshape or override those habits. Again, I don't know if that's the right way to say that and, there's tons of studies on habits and whatnot, but as far as I understand it, that habit's there, it's formed. You can either develop a different response to that habit, or you can decide how to, um, you know, achieve that reward a different way. But that habit, that desire is what is going to remain. Um, but I guess, again, that's another difference in, in semantics of breaking or reshaping because you're still doing something in response to a stimulus or a desire to achieve your result. So I think the, the, the difference there is what you do to get the result because you're going to have the desire. You're going to do one thing to get the outcome or the reward, but changing the thing you do to get that reward might be what we consider the habit or breaking the bad habit or breaking the bad action to receive the reward from the, the desire. Okay. And and do you have any perhaps like um, practical things that we could do to remove or reshape that negative habit? Well, it, it depends on the habit. I mean, so let's say we'll stick on the potato chip one. Sure, I'm 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 hungry or bored or fill in the blank, and I I go to the cabinet and see the potato chips, eat the entire bag, and then. <laughs> think to myself, man, I probably should not have just ate an entire bag of potato chips. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends on what the desire is. Are you desiring the bag because you're hungry? I'm bored. You're bored. Okay. Well, go pick up a book, go play a video game, go exercise, go do a craft, go work on a task to help you achieve your goals and work toward finishing a project. That bored eating is literally the most unproductive thing. I don't, I, I'm bored. So let me eat. That's, that's I'm bored. People. So let me go do this thing. That's going to have a potentially negative consequence on my body. Fair enough. Fair enough. But that is a, um, a, a quote unquote normal 
occurrence for a, a huge number of people. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're bored and you decide to stave off your boredom by eating, I mean, if you think about it, you're bored, so you want something to do. Find something different to do rather than eat a whole bag of potato chips. Because, I mean, I'm, maybe it's the case. You see the potato chips, you're bored, you grab the bag, you eat the entire bag. Afterward, you probably don't feel so good about it. You may, it felt great to eat those potato chips, but afterward, you look back at the empty bag and say, oh my gosh, I just ate a whole bag of potato chips while I was sitting here. Okay. You didn't like the, you got you got the quote unquote reward from eating the chips, but after the word afterward, there's a shame and regret about doing what you did. So maybe find something different. Uh, drink some water instead. You know you're 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 still putting something into your body. You're still doing something. And I, I would argue, or I would assume that in that case, in the in the scenario here, you're bored. Let me go eat a bag of potato chips. You're not just sitting on the couch eating a bag of potato chips and doing nothing else. You're not thinking, oh, one chip, two chip, oh, three chip. You're probably doing something else, watching a TV show or, uh, you know, looking at something on your phone while you're doing that. Well, scrolling endlessly through social media is another habit trying to fulfill a desire to earn a reward. That's another kind of habit that you can reshape. So rather than scroll endlessly on social media trying to receive dopamine hits, like I said, go outside or exercise or work on a project or do a craft. And like we talked about, you may not feel the motivation to do those things, but just start small. And then eventually you might find the motivation to get some of those things done. But the thing, you know, I've, I've heard it said, and uh, there's a whole lot more to into the conversation, but the main idea of the conversation, um, you know, is, is is no free dopamine. So you don't just get on your phone and get a free hit of dopamine. The the one of the reasons that dopamine is such an effective or powerful thing is because normally, or you know, before the era of social media and in instant gratification, you had to do something to earn that dopamine. So you know, you'll say way back in the day hunter-gather societies, they had to wait hours for their prey. They had to hunt their prey to kill it. And that's where they got their dopamine hit from, is the, the activity of hunting. But it wasn't easy. They couldn't just open their phone, oh, boom, here's you know instant download of dopamine from social media and all these people liking my post and whatnot. Okay, I'll put that down. Let me go back to eating potato chips. You had to actually put the work in to to receive that dopamine and to receive the reward for whatever you were doing and the desire to to you know to feel better or to have that that good feeling. So the idea of the free dopamine of oh I'm bored let me go eat some chips and, and be happy. I, that's the simplest way. Well, not simplest way, but that's a, a simple way to receive that reward. There was no action or. Um, there's nothing you had to do to earn that, which makes it, I don't want to say bad, it's still dopamine, but it creates that constant cycle and that habit of wanting more and more and more and not having to get much into it. But when you got to put the effort forth to get the dopamine and receive the reward, it becomes a lot more meaningful. And I think a, a, a lot more, um, you're going to feel a lot better about it, I think, because you actually had to do something to earn that reward as opposed to just picking up your phone and receiving it without consequence or without uh, uh, action. 
Right. And, and I think you kind of hit on the, on one of the big things, at least in my eyes, is realizing what the, the craving is and then what the implied dopamine hit or, 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 or reward is. And then that feeling that kind of crash afterwards. And I would say most of the time, if not all of the time, if it is a negative habit, you're going to have the, the desire, you do the action and then you have the reward perhaps followed by like a, a crash, a down feeling afterwards. But perhaps probably the most important part is realizing, okay, when I feel like X, I want Y to happen. Or when I feel like X, I do Y. And so in knowing that, understanding that, realizing that, picking up on those cues, when you feel down or you feel bored, then you're going to go to the cabinet and find food. Okay. Well, Step number one, I would think is, okay, let's find out what that feeling is. Okay, great. When I feel like this, I do this. When you stand at the cabinet and you reach for a bit, the potato chips, why am I eating these? Why do I really want these? So it's because I'm bored. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's think about that for a second. Okay, I'm bored because I'm not doing anything. I, I want to eat the potato chips. What else could I do? Well, there's a huge variety of different things you could do. Now, perhaps to take that a step further is understanding, okay, when I'm bored, I go to the cabinet to look for potato chips. Okay. When you're shopping, don't buy the potato chips. Then inevitably later that week or that day, when you're home, you perhaps will feel bored. You'll go to the cabinet. Look, oh man, I didn't buy any potato chips. I guess I'll have to do something else because I can't have the potato chips. And hopefully you replace that would be the replacement or the, uh, what was the other phrase you used? The reassigning reshaping the reshaping of that negative habit into a positive habit or you know perhaps at the bare minimum a neutral habit where you go from a bad to a okay it's something that doesn't necessarily have a positive or negative and then you can perhaps later transition that neutral habit into a positive habit or a, a good habit so number 1 and and we're using the the board potato chip cycle Right now, you can you can plug and play this, I'm sure, for a huge number of different things as far as moving a, a bad habit to a neutral or even to a good habit. Understanding what the cue is, what is the, what is the reason, what is the desire that you want to do the, the habit? In this situation, it is because you're bored. Okay, when I'm bored, I go to the cabinet and get potato chips. Okay, that's, that's, the, that's the, the two factors I want to play with, okay? Then... You realize, okay, I'm bored. Instead of going to potato chips, I'm going to do this instead. Or you can say, I'm bored. I go to get the potato chips. Ah, oh, I didn't buy the potato chips. So I guess I can't eat those. I have to do something else. And really the removal of those things, the removing the opportunity to make it more challenging to do that negative thing is a huge step in reshaping that negative habit into a, a more positive one. James Clear talks about that in his book, Atomic Habits. If you have a, a you know negative habit and you want to change that, make it really difficult to do that. If you, you talk about social media, if you want to stop endlessly scrolling on social media, delete the app from your phone or have it not automatically save your password. And so that creates an extra step for you. Either you have to go and re-download that or 
you have to open the app and then remember what your password is. And let's be honest, in this day and age, almost nobody remembers what their password is. Either their face does it, their thumb does it, their eyeballs or something. They don't actually have to remember any of that. So then that's an extra step for you. Oh man, what is that password? I'm just going to do something else instead. And so that, you know, that's kind of second thought of that will create a, hopefully a big enough hurdle that would cause you to think, you know what, maybe I don't actually want to do this and I'll do something more productive instead. Yeah. And you know, what you're talking about, and uh, I don't know the exact terminology that James Clear uses, but you're putting obstacles in the way of, of that bad habit, or you're putting things between the desire and that that unwanted action. So like you said, you you don't buy the potato chips. So you feel the desire of being bored and you think, oh, I'll just go grab some chips and munch on those. Then you go to the cabinet and there's no chips there. Yeah, and, and I guess in that situation, the likelihood of you saying, oh man, there's no potato chips. Let me get in my car, drive to the store, buy the potato chips, and then come home and eat them. That's right. probably not going to happen. You're making it harder for yourself to do that unwanted or undesired action. And you're making it harder for yourself. Even the social media, you know, I, I personally have gone through times where I've just taken it entirely off my phone. So I pick up my phone and go to where it was before. I'm like, oh, it's not there. Oh, right. I don't want to spend three hours a day on, on social media, put my phone down, go do something else. Or like you said, have it on your phone, but log out. So you, you, you respond to the desire to want that social media time. You open it, but then it doesn't let you in. Well, that there should stop you and say, oh yeah, I'm trying to be on this less. Let me put it away and then be done. As opposed to if you're already logged on, you push the button. Oh, there you are. Boom. Back into the the whole feed of the social media. So adding those barriers or the boundaries, because I mean, let's face it, sometimes, like you said, in this day and age, social media is important for our news and getting information. Social media is important for conversing and socializing with other people. You know, you're at a party or something, you met somebody and you want to connect with them. Oh, hey, what's your Instagram? Let me pull your Instagram up. It's not sometimes, I'm going to say it's, it's impossible, but it's a useful tool in society today as well. So maybe you, you, you don't feel comfortable or you can't afford to not have it on your phone. Well, then add that extra barrier in between to stop yourself from mindlessly responding to the desire and doing that undesired habit or the unwanted habit to get your result. You know, you're talking about uh, the way you can kind of break it down of like, Hey, you know, I feel this way. What can I do to, you know, you know, I feel this desire. What can I do to reach or achieve the reward that I want? And then using that to kind of break down your bad habits. So like you said, you know, I'm bored. Well, I could go eat potato chips or I can go to something else. I think sometimes when trying to work on or think about bad habits or even good habits sometimes too, I like to start from the opposite end of the the end result. You know, like for example, I um, have a bad habit of, of, of picking the skin around my fingertips. A lot of people bite their nails. I just pick at the skin. Well, sometimes I look at my hands and it, I'm doing damage to them. They don't look good. I don't like the way they look. So I think to myself, okay, I don't like the way this looks. Why does it look like this? Well, because I'm picking at it when I feel a certain way. Okay, well, what is that feeling that I feel? You know, it's X, Y, or Z. And so I want to do something with my hands or I want to be able to to fidget a little bit. And so that's what I do. You know, that's just the uh, that's the habit that I've I've created to respond to certain feelings. Okay, well, now 
I worked backward kind of, you know, I saw the thing I didn't like. I found out why or how it became like that. And I figured out why it was happening. So now I know, Hey, when I start to feel this way, instead of doing this, I can find something else to hopefully make my fingers, my fingernails look better. So, you know, you can work on your habits either way. You can start from the desire or you can start from the end result and kind of assess those and break those down. If you're trying to reshape a bad habit or if you're trying to um, take that habit and change it into something that you view as more positive too. So just as you were describing that, I, you know, it depends on how you look at that, look at the habit, but you can attack it from both angles, creating a bad habit or creating a good habit based on a desire or reshaping a bad habit based on the outcome of, you know, whatever. So to once again, bring it back to potato chips, you look in the mirror and your skin's oily. Well, your skin's oily because you eat a bag of potato chips every single day. So maybe if you don't want your skin to look so oily, you stop eating a bag of potato chips and you eat something different instead. Or rather than eat your potato chips and you're bored, go exercise or go outside or drink, you know, something like that. So again, there's just other multiple ways of, of breaking down the habits and, and trying to reshape or form better ones. So I guess um, if we, the next step would be moving into creating a, a good habit. Before we do that, do you have anything else to add to the negative habit side? No, you know, like we, we talked about, we say it every single time, we're not experts on any of this stuff. We've read a few books, heard a few podcasts, had a few conversations about this stuff, but by no means are we saying that, you know, we're scientists and this is the way you're supposed to interact with habits. But, you know, I, I we've taken things that we've heard and, and, and implemented them into our lives and it's seemingly made a, a, a benefit or seemingly been beneficial to us. So, uh, this is all just coming from a place of more, I would think, you know, this is what you and I have learned and how we interact with habits and whatnot. So I just don't want to seem like I have any idea what I'm talking about, really. I have a small idea, but we we come from a place of practice and uh, use as opposed to a place of uh, knowledge and scholarly information. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. So. Good habits. Good habits. Uh, everybody wants good habits. Some people have good habits, and it seems as though some people can just pick up good habits you know, with ease. I think that part of that comes down to the approach to creating those new habits. And you talked about it's difficult, if not impossible, to get rid of a negative habit, but perhaps to reshape that to a positive or at the very at the bare minimum a neutral and then perhaps even override that with a with a positive habit. And so positive habits, you know, would be examples like going to the gym, reading, um let's see what are showering, you know, basic things like that, but what what are some other positive habits you you know that we think being being productive, uh perhaps scheduling your day or your your time so it's it's worth and it's meaningful for you and you know what's going to happen at least uh, you know on, on an idea basis and then what that does is for you if you schedule your time as a positive habit then you know okay during this time I'm dedicated to this and then this other time I can dedicate to this because you can separate those things because it's scheduled that way what, what would be some other you know perhaps positive habits yeah a couple of them you already mentioned you know um, you know good personal hygiene, showering, taking care of yourself, you know, grooming, 
um, taking care of your nails, as I mentioned earlier, uh, reading, journaling, making sure that you are uh, consuming healthy foods and, and, and things that are good for your body, um, making time to go outside, um, making time to spend with friends. We, uh, we talked about you know planning out your day, maybe the night before, having a good bedtime routine, avoiding screens close to bedtime and winding down and you know stretching, finding some way to maybe do breathing exercises or, or meditation to try to center yourself and and work on projects and tasks to help you feel fulfilled and just you know always work on things that are going to make you better rather than keep you neutral or set you back. Kind of like you talked about with the habits. You want to either, if it's a bad habit, you want to either bring it to neutral or make it something positive. So anything that you're doing throughout the day, you don't want it to take you back a step. You don't want it to keep you the same level or even better to make you or help you reach the next level. So, you know, things like that. I think are all the good things you can try to incorporate into every day. And of course you can't control every second of every day. Everything happens or something happens every day. that's out of your control that may put a wrench in those plans. But if you try to set aside time to engage with those healthy habits and you do that every single day purposefully, I don't know how you wouldn't become better or at least hopefully start to, you know, that motivation follows action things start to improve slowly over time and start to do a lot more things that you, you think are productive and you can, you find are actually helping you uh, to become better. So I think, you know, it just starts with planning and sticking to that plan. And the hard part for a lot of this is yes, there are habits that you can develop and habits that you can stick to, but at the end of the day, all these habits require you to actually do them and require the the control and the discipline to get them done because you know let's be honest everyone wants to sleep in a little bit longer I mean you, you wake up and you're like oh I could if I could sleep thirty more minutes that'd be great but sometimes the alarm clock goes off you got to get up now in the long in the long run I think that will make you better because you're able to you know get the things that you need to do you're able to you're able to stick to a timeline you're able to, to uh, do the things you have to do to be able to do the things you want to do later. Not to mention, if you get up earlier, you're going to go to bed sooner. You're going to sleep better, I would think, because you've used the whole day to be able to be productive and actually get things done. So there's a lot to it as well. But some of these habits, like you said, some people pick them up easily. Well, it might just seem like they're picking up easily, but they just they just have the discipline and the control to do those things every single day. Uh, it doesn't mean it's easy, but I mean, you just... You just have to do it, which uh, I think is a, is a huge part of making sure that you are setting yourself up for success. And like I said, I'm not saying that everyone wakes up every single day excited to do some of the things that make their life better, but they know that they need to do them. They need to engage with that habit in a positive way. Otherwise, it could go the opposite direction. Instead of getting better, they're getting worse, and that's not what they want for their life. So I guess that kind of got off your topic there, but uh, a couple of the things I mentioned earlier, I think are a good starting point to having those good habits. And I guarantee that you start with those few small habits, even more better ones will come because you're already setting yourself on that right path or that right trajectory toward, uh, toward being better. Right. And, you know, kind of on the flip side, of course, from a negative habit to a positive habit, you want to 
stop a negative habit, you make it difficult to do. On the other side of that, if you want to foster a good habit, then you make it very easy to do. And so one of my practices that I go through is I like to read a book before bed. In fact, I have two specific books that I read before bed, and I'll talk about those perhaps later on, but I put them on my pillow or at the very least right next to my bed. That way, when I get in bed, they're right there. I, if I put it on my pillow, I have to pick up the book in order to put my head on the pillow. So it makes it very easy to, oh man, you know what, I'm just going to read this. And perhaps you start as slow or as, as, as low effort as you can, okay? In, in my book that I want to read, okay, I want to read one paragraph, okay? Now, in practice, obviously, you can see, okay, I read one paragraph. Actually, I, have, I feel like maybe I could read maybe another paragraph or, or a few more pages. But by setting the bar extremely low, that means, one, it's easy to do because, again, it's on, my, it's on my pillow. I have to literally pick this book up, take it off of my pillow in order to put my head on the pillow. While I have it in my hand, I might as well open it up. And if my goal for the day is to read one paragraph... Okay, I mean, that's pretty low. I probably can do that. Okay, let me read this. All right, one paragraph. You know what, that one, that was pretty good. I actually, I like that. Let me do another one. And then before you know it, maybe you read five pages. Okay, you read five pages before you go to bed. Great. And then perhaps there are some days you, you get in bed and you only read one paragraph because, you know, you're spent from the day or, you know, whatever it is. But by making that bar really, really low, it makes it a lot easier to do that habit. And the the easiest you can make it, the better. So, you know, on on the opposite side of instead of going to bed, but getting up, if in the morning you want to foster a habit of getting up and being active, going to work out, going for a run or whatever specific exercise you, you want to incorporate, set your clothes out the night before. This is where, and unfortunately, I've talked about this, I think, almost every time so far, but this is where that, you know, two different person kind of idea comes in, in, in play. Oftentimes, the person who, you know, you going to bed is a vastly different person than you who wakes up in the morning. You, before you go to bed, you set your alarm clock early. Oh, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to have so much time. No problem. And then the you of the morning time, you hit that snooze 15, 20 times. Okay, finally, now I'm like, I'll get up. And all of those plans that the, that person who, you know, you, the prior night set out to, to, to try to accomplish are gone. Because instead of getting up like you intended on, you hit snooze so many times that you, you missed over all of that opportunity. So make it hard to stay in bed. Set your alarm clock further away. It forces you to get up out of bed if you're going to hit that snooze. And then you got to walk back to bed to lay back down if that's what you choose to do. And, you know, perhaps along that path, perhaps right next to where you put your alarm clock at is where your workout clothes are. So you get up out of bed, you hit the snooze or the off button for the alarm. And then you see your exercise clothes. Uh, you know what? I'm already up. I'm already out of bed. I don't really feel like it, but my clothes are already here. My socks, my shoes, everything. Might as well put these clothes on. And then once you put those clothes on, okay, well, I already got the clothes on. Maybe I'll just, I'll go and, and I'll, I'll run to the mailbox. I've already ran to the mailbox. Maybe I'll run around the block. And then, you know, however, again, make it as easy as possible and then set the bar as low as possible to make that effort seemingly effortless because it's so easy to accomplish those 
small things, yeah, I can I can read one paragraph. Sure, I can run to the mailbox. That's no big deal. But really, it's not necessarily the action of doing that, but it's the it's the action of well, doing that. It changes you, changes your mindset from the person that, you know, doesn't read or doesn't get up and exercise to the type of person who does read before going to bed and does get up early and do exercises. And so creating that that habit as um, something that is very easy to do and the effort is as low as possible, then again, changes your mindset from a person who doesn't do those things to a person who does do those things. And that is a, is a huge benefit and will, will definitely jumpstart your motivation because of the action, the very small action that you took to do whatever the, the habit that you set for yourself is. Yeah. It's like, like you said, it's the exact opposite of setting up those obstacles. So the bad habits, you put things in the way to stop you from doing them. With the good habits, you make it as easy as possible for you to do them. Um, and, you know, if you really want to do those things and create those good habits, then having yourself set up for success, and like you said, you you wake up, okay, put the clothes on, great, might as well go run now. Run down to the mailbox, okay, well, I might as well go farther now. If you really want to do them, it'll be it'll help you as you go step by step by step by step. I mean, in theory, if you don't want to be a runner, but you said, mm, maybe I should run today, you run to the mailbox and decide, oh, okay, that's enough. I'm turn around and go back. I would argue, did you really want to do that in the first place? If you've made it that far, set up yourself, you know, so long into success. Again, it's not always going to be super easy to do those things, but if it's something you really want, making it as easy as possible for you to get it done and then just going out and doing it, I think will be a little bit easier, you know? And uh, uh, like you were talking about, just uh, so many different ways that you can set yourself up for success in these in these habits, the same way you would try to create obstacles to break them down too. So if you want to get serious about something, then find out a way to say, hey, how can I make this easier for myself? And then, you know, your present self will set your future self up for success and help you to really become the person that you want to be that, that does the things that you want to do and creates those habits that are going to make you better. You know, with with this whole mindset of, of of habits and practices and creating routines, because really, once you establish perhaps reading before bed, I put on my pillow, okay, but when I go to bed, that becomes, I become a person who reads before bed. And, and by the way, again, as we're talking about this, this is a huge portion of this is based on James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. If you haven't heard of that, you haven't, haven't yet read that, it's on your list. Put it at the top of the list. Read it. It's, it's phenomenal. Hugely beneficial as far as uh, setting up uh, the different mindsets and practices of, of how to establish and, and create good habits and break bad habits. Very, very good. So if, if I want to become a person who reads, I put that on my – I put my book on my pillow before I go to bed. Or in fact, I put my pillow – I put my book on my pillow in the morning after I woke up and made my bed. But then before I go to bed, I read that. Now, that, be, that changes me from a person who doesn't read to a person who does read. And a part of that really is that becomes part of my routine, part of my daily practices through the day. And so I'm sure most people have a routine and perhaps your routine is such that Monday, every, you know, every day of the week, Monday through Sunday, every day, every seven days, or not every seven days, but each of the seven days, your routine is exactly the same. 
I would perhaps think that those people that have the same routine every day of the week perhaps are more productive than the people who have a routine for Monday and a different routine for Tuesday and a different routine for Thursday and so on. Because those people that do it every single day, they're getting that information. They're doing those things, their practices every single day. It's not like, okay, Monday I can sleep until 1030 and then get up and I have these things to do. And then Tuesday, well, you know what? Tuesday, I got to actually be up early. I got to get up at like five to do these things. And then Wednesday, I got to get up at nine and, and your your week is all jumbled up. Now, if that works for you, then great. I'm not saying there's not, that's not necessarily wrong. I think there's benefit from keeping a steady routine and doing the same type of practices every day, or at least the huge quantity of days. For me, so so speaking of routines, let's let's think about like a, a morning routine. Having a morning routine, having a, a midday routine, having an evening routine, and then maybe even like a wind down routine before bed, I think are, are some very beneficial things to incorporate. And let's think about morning routine. So we talked about this already, you know, the night self, you go, you go get ready to go to bed. You're like, Oh man, I'm going to get up early. I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. And then the morning self is like, yeah, screw that. I'm hitting, I'm hitting snooze and snooze and snooze and snooze and snooze until you can't hit snooze anymore. And finally you get out of bed. You, you, you know, you're in the shower for half a minute just to, all right, I showered, brush your teeth. And then I get, you're out the door. You got to go. And you didn't do anything that you wanted to do. So I would say to start having a, a morning routine, again, set the bar low as possible. Find out the minimum amount of time it takes you to get ready. Okay, so if I have to leave the house by 9 o'clock, let's say, and if I get up at 8.30, I know that I can, I can shower and I can eat something as I'm walking out the door. Okay, that's the bare minimum. Okay, now let's think about maybe one nice thing to add to your morning routine. Okay, maybe you want to have a cup of coffee before you go to work. Okay, how long does that take? That takes an extra 15 minutes. All right, so then instead of getting up at 8.30, you get up at 8.15. Okay, then you do those things that you did previously, and then you make your cup of coffee. You do that for a couple of weeks. Okay, great. Now let's think about some other things you want to add. You know, maybe you want to meditate, maybe you want to read, whatever, whatever those things are, and then start to incorporate those as daily practices. And I would say, you know, if that is the type of system that you want to set up because you have nothing. And, and again, that would be coming from nothing. Like if that, your standard is, you know, before implementing any kind of routine, you get up at the bare minimum, you, you know, you, you, you're out the door, you don't even get to do anything before you leave. Okay, start slow, right? But if you have some, kind of a routine already, just kind of modulate and think about, okay, these are the things I do. Great. These things are perhaps beneficial. These are neutral. I have to do them anyways, better or for worse. And these are negative. Okay. Then you start to tweak and, and play with those a little bit. Okay. What can I do to improve this? Okay. How much time do I need to account for this? Okay. Great. And, and then do those, practice those things, make that a part of your daily practice. And I've said practice now a handful of times. I, I, unfortunately, I can't say practice without saying this next part. So if you've heard this before, forgive me. People like to say, Practice makes perfect. I think those people are wrong. Okay, so then the uh, the the flip side of that is perfect practice makes perfect. Again, I think those people are wrong. 
I come at practice as a, as a, as a form of doing things over and over again, being repetitive. And so my philosophy on practice of, of any, any, any sort of anything is practice makes permanent. The way you practice something is the way you're going to perform it or the way that you're going to do it. If, for example, if I write my name and I spell it incorrectly, but I do it a million times, is it perfect? No, I spelled it wrong. So practice doesn't make perfect. Okay, fine. Then you think, okay, perfect practice makes perfect. Okay, fine. My question for that is, how many times have you written your name in your life? A heaping heaping load of times, I'm sure. Now, is it perfect? No, again. So then you think, okay, perfect practice. Okay, I really try to focus on writing my name, make it really good. Okay, great. And then every time you write your name, okay, it looks really good. But the opportunity or the the chances of that being the same each and every single time you write your name is not going to happen. Humans are human. They're not computers. And so therefore, perfect practice makes perfect as out as well, because I don't think humans can do very little, if anything, perfectly. So perfect practice out, but practice makes permanent. The way I practice something is the way I'm going to perform it. So in my daily routine, if I practice something and I practice over and over and over again, is it going to be perfect? No, because I'm not perfect. I can't be perfect. I'm a human. In fact, I would think trying to strive for perfect will set yourself up for failure because you can't be perfect. So practice it. So make it a permanent part of your practice, a permanent part of your routine. So it happens continually. And as such, as you're building your morning routine, think about the different things that you can add to it and practice those things until they become a permanent part of your routine, a permanent part of who you are. Start to see yourself as somebody who does read. Start to see yourself as somebody who does work out as opposed to somebody who wants to do those things. Yeah, like you mentioned it earlier and just mentioned it again now, but tying it into your identity. And, you know, I'm not someone, I I don't read every once in a while. I am some, I am a reader, someone who reads the same way you wouldn't, you know, attribute negative things to yourself. You know, you wouldn't say, Hey, I am, I am a, I am a uh, mean person. I'm a meanie. Well, sometimes I could be mean, you know, it's, it's, again, the, the opposite and the, the inverse of both those things are helpful for becoming who you want to be. So if you want to be, become someone who does a positive thing, then start calling yourself that. I'm a reader. I'm a runner. I'm a, a um, I, can, I don't say worker outer, but I'm someone who goes to the gym. You know, I, I, I exercise. Um, the same way you'd say, Hey, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I can be mean, not I am mean. Uh, I can be lazy, not I am lazy. You know, things like that, just changing the way that you interact with yourself and the identity you, you, you attribute to yourself too is a key part in all that stuff as well. So, you know, like you said, practice makes permanent. So make sure that you're doing the things you want to do because those are things you're practicing. Things are going to stick with you for a long time. So rather than practicing the bad habits, practice the good habits to help you become the person that you want to be. Yeah, you know, we started with this, but having your end goals, having your smart goals, having your projects and your tasks. How does this play into this? Well, you have those things, right? If I have an end goal that I want to 
be able to be more intellectual. I want to be able to be smarter than I am. I want to uh, be more creative than I am. I want whatever those things are. Okay, then you peel that back. Okay, what's the smart goal for that? Okay, I want to read five books this month, or I want to um, write this many blog posts this month, or whatever that, those things are. Okay, what are the what are the projects for those things? Okay, these are the projects. Okay, what are the tasks? And so, pulling those back, part of that ends up with your daily routine, your practices that you go through on a daily basis. What of your daily practices or your daily routines help you achieve your tasks and your goals and your smart goal or your your tasks, your projects, your smart goals, and then your end goals? And if they're not towards those things, what are they for? Right? Why are you doing those routines? If they're putting you you know, on a similar trajectory or similar, if you're going to end up in a similar place, you have to decide, okay, is this what I want? Or can I tweak this a little bit to make it line up better with my end goal? Or I find myself doing this potato eating, uh, potato eating chip thing. And, and, and that's not anywhere near any of my goals. Okay. So perhaps I want to tweak that to be something that is in line with my, my values, my, 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 tasks, my projects, my smart goals, my end goals, and adjusting those things so that they all line up. And so hopefully you have a list of end goals. And then from there, you created a list of smart goals. And from there, you have a project. And then from there, you have some tasks. Now, think about those things, break them down into the daily practices or habits or routines that you do. What can you incorporate? that would line yourself up with all of those other things that you've already discovered that you want for yourself. And perhaps take a true look at those and think what of those things are you doing that is putting you in a complete opposite direction that you want to go. And then adjust, tweak, modify, or, or drop completely those things that aren't lining you with the goals that you want to achieve. I think that's a, I think that's a good place to end. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's a good conversation. And as, as before, I'm sure there's different ways of approaching things and better ways to do it, but it's a good start. And, you know, I think next time speak to, to kind of build on routines, why don't we talk a little bit about what our routines are? I'm sure you have a morning routine. I have a morning routine of a nighttime routine. We, we have these things. Why don't we kind of delve into that a little bit? We, we talk about our routines a little bit next time and, and um, build on that from next time. Yes, sir. Okay, very good. So as as I've talked about previously, I like to talk about the book that I'm reading. I talked about last time I'm reading The 48 Laws of Power. It is a hefty book. Uh, I am, you know, around about close to 100 pages in. Um, I'm about to start Law 13. So I'm still on this one, still finding immense value in this. And, and it's interesting because some of the the laws that he's talking about in here, and, and of course, I talked about before, but he gives like a historical premise on, okay, this is the person who failed at this. This is why they failed at it. Here's the actual thing that's going on. This is somebody who succeeded at this. Here's why they succeeded at it. And then, you know, what is the the actual law? Like, what is it? And how can you apply it? And then what happens if you don't do it? 
hugely, hugely beneficial. I really like the historical um, portions of this. And it, it is really interesting hearing the or reading these, I guess, laws and then seeing how perhaps like on TV shows or movies or in my past life, past life, that's not how to say that in, in my, in my life up till now, I've seen these things play out and I can say, yes, I, that has happened. Absolutely. I've, I've seen this happen. I've, I've been in, in this situation before. So that is kind of, it, it's interesting to think about those uh, kind of laws of power in the, my own history not to mention what I've seen on TV or, or heard about from others' experiences. So I, I really have liked that book so far. Again, if you haven't read it, it's The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Check it out. Very, very good. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, take initiative.